welcome to another edition of Cooking with the Hazelnuts. This week, Brian Charlson returns to demonstrate his pizza steel. Have you ever heard of a pizza steel? I haven't until this demonstration. More bantering with Debbie Hazelton and yours truly. Who am I? I'm Big R. <laughs> Randy Rusnak. This week, Debbie has learned something new. Yes, she's going to do her bird imitations. Debbie, how about a little sample? She's really quite good. A little uh, sample, Deb? <coughs> nice. <laughs> you know, if I didn't know better, I'd think that was a whistling sausage. Wow! All this and much more coming up right now. Well, we got an interesting email, really neat email from Sue, Sue Ward, Susan Ward. Sue Ward. Sue Ward. It's otherwise known as Sward. Sward. <laughs> well, uh, as long as Sue Ward is not bored, I suppose, you know. Yeah. Uh, she loves our show, loves our humor. And I have to comment on one thing that was just great. She said it sounded like uh, that I had some wonderful birds singing with when I was cooking. Mm-hmm, I remember. I read that. Yep. Well, I do love the birds that are around here, and sometimes I'm outside, and they probably have been heard on some of these shows. However, I must confess, even though they sounded like birds, they were not birds. You know what they were? Uh, You know, I could go back and listen and try to figure it out again, but no, I really don't. Well, they were singing sausage. I mean, I wondered, too. You know, it's like, wow. Nice birds you have. Oh, those aren't birds. Those are sausages. (laughs) Yeah, when I stopped recording, at one point, I opened the oven and I heard, and, you know, I was like, wow. You know, sausage do that sometimes when they're cooking. They make all kinds of weird noise. Mm -hmm. Oh, they do. They most, a lot of things do. A lot of things do. Yeah. Um. And she also wants to know how we come up with the things that we do. Well, let's just say we have very talented writers. Like our, our humorous stuff mm-hmm. or our the actual content. Both of them are, are uh, really spontaneous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. They really are. Like laugh here. <laughs> it's nuts enough that, you know. That's why we're the hazel nuts. <laughs> this is all stuff made up out of our heads. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think to myself, holy pasta. This just can't holy be Holy pasta. Holy cannoli. I have an interesting story to tell the audience, and I think it shows just <laughs> how interesting things are around the uh, hazelnuts here. Um, well... Uh, I was, and I've told you this story, but still the audience hasn't heard, but I was uh, tweeting with someone from a very well-known company that deals with barcodes, and that's all I will say. Mm-hmm. Um, and she... E- you wouldn't want to say where in the galaxy they might be. Okay. Well, anyway. Uh, <laughs> and a land far away. <laughs> Looking for the quest. Ooh. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> but anyway. Um, Aurora, what a scan. <laughs> it's, it's funny that we're talking about that because her name's Aurora. Oh, I and, love it. And she she uh, t- 
tweeted with me and said somebody wanted to get a hold of me, wanted to contact me for one reason or another. And uh, she said, I just have one thing to say before I go. Basically, it was how it was ended. She said, I'm supposed to say one thing to you. And I said, what's that? She said, holy pasta. That's right. <laughs> so that's just, holy pasta. That's amazing to think about how far our... Um, yeah. I mean, Our humor there's, goes. There's some uh, a little, what, notoriety, would you say, in there a little bit? Something, or? yeah. I don't know, though. If it's the whole, it might be, you know, not much. But <laughs> then again, you know, you can fill those like ravioli, holy ravioli, holy cannoli. You can fill those with wonderful, wonderful fillings. C- cannoli and guacamole? Yeah, guacamole. I don't know if I've ever had pasta with guacamole. No, but. I I know I haven't, but those are just always... <laughs> Probably good. We are today going to talk with Brian Charlson. He's going to talk about pizza steel. Pizza steel. And that's steal um, pizza. Or is it pizza peel? Pizza peel? I, wasn't it a steel? I think he, I think it was a steel. <laughs> it was a steel, actually. It, but it I was a pizza it. steel, but it was a bargain. <laughs> oh, there you go, Sue. There's more for you. More humor. <laughs> Enjoy that. Tell your husband about that one. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. Now we have some good news. Good news, yay. Good news, yay. We are, well, it's good news. It's a mixed, <laughs> it's a mixed blessing. Can you tell where I'm going with this? Yes. And I think <laughs> it's quite a soup. You know, you never know what's going to be in that soup. I figured since it's good news and not totally good news, it's like a soup, you know. Oh, you I see. That's it's got yeah. a real combination of things in it. We are yet going to give you a new phone number yeah right so we're just gonna bait them and <laughs> we're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna prime them wet their whistle that we are going to change the number yet again and it, this number will ch- will stick <laughs> stick wow it has adhesive <laughs> on it wow it's like those lock dots you know yeah lock dot number a lock dot number that will never change um, <laughs> so you guys will have a number. That's and Google Voice goes away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Google Voice number we have, and we don't have to punch any codes or do anything. Oh. Wow. You can just talk to us. I didn't put the voicemail in last week. We didn't quite have enough room. When I looked at it, just to make a long story short, I got a lot of beeps and squeaks and noises and sounded I'm like you getting- cooking with your sausages. But anyway, Rocky wanted to know where one can buy a um, Phillips air fryer. Oh. That's, that's what that whole thing was about. And well, Rocky, I hope you didn't, I hope you weren't fried in uh, trying to know this, <laughs> that voicemail. But there was something weird with the system. Oh, there, it, it, well, maybe it was my system. I don't know. But it came out so bad. But honestly, if you just do a, a Google search and and uh, search for the Philips air fryer, and I know you can because I know I know you have a computer. Um, mm-hmm. So just do a search for Philips air fryer, and you'll find the Philips air they fryer are, online. And they're at Bed Bath and Beyond in many stores. Um, I don't know what other stores they're at, but you can get anything from Bed Bath & Beyond, or at least many things, locally and online. Mm-hmm. And the QVC one, obviously, from QVC. Now, 
uh, we we really kind of recommend that one because it's less expensive. And not that we don't like the Philips Air Fryer anymore, because we do, um, which leads me to something else coming up here. <laughs> but just basically, um, QVC has, has a digital one, and Debbie, you can just talk about that a little bit. And, I think there are two, because we had uh, someone say theirs didn't have as many buttons. So I kind of am wondering, I think there might be two, but the one that... See, I have the Philips, and then I went ahead and cheated, and I got the QVC one as well, and Jason got it, and it's his first air fryer, and he was the one that demoed it, but um, I believe that one is around 116, and it seemed like maybe they were going to have it on value of the day again, and I have not been checking, but I would bet any time they might have it on value of the day again. And uh, have it because they were coming out with a cookbook. Remember that lady that was coming out with a book? It was soon going to be released. So I think when she comes out with that, they'll have it on. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of be on the lookout for that. Now, something that you guys might be interested in. And oh, just to answer one more question uh, from Rocky. Rocky, uh, we do not. I've never at least heard of fiberware. Uh, air fryers. I have not either. So uh, you got. One. No, I mean, if you Google around and you find other brands and you want to let us know about them, I mean, yeah. you know, anything. There may be other brands out there, and it wouldn't surprise me because Philips air frying has gotten to be quite popular. And I told one friend of mine about it, and she said, "Oh, that sounds like convection cooking." Well, you know, I think it might be. Uh, but wow, just to help lots of people know that, you know, frying, having fried food is possible in a way that doesn't have all the calories, mm-hmm. doesn't have all the fat, doesn't need any more than a tablespoon of oil and not even necessarily that much. Right. It's just incredible. Yeah. Uh, and something even more incredible. I just got something dropped into my Dropbox. I don't even know when, but I looked, and there was a really neat demonstration from a gentleman talking about his Philips air fryer. He has figured out a way to set the temperature on it really oh, accurately. Oh, cool! And so, we're gonna air that. I, I mean, would, I'd love, the- I'd love to do that. Yeah. Is that? Beg your know? pardon. How long is it? The demo uh, takes us through several recipes and the temperature settings, and uh, it's uh, about 45 minutes, I think. Okay. So maybe next week? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that sounds good. Cool. I'm going to go through it a little bit, and uh, but but his skills in, at editing are very good, and he's he've, I've heard him do lots of demos before, so I, <laughs> by rights I should just... <laughs> plop it in and see where it goes but i did that one time when i was working in radio and i vowed never to do that again because i almost got let go (laughs) (laughs) and that story i certainly cannot tell over the air Uh, okay Uh well but just suffice it to say this so somebody could write you for the after the show um off air (laughs) yeah yeah, and i'll I'll be glad to share that information with you (laughs) let's just say if i did what i did (laughs) I wouldn't be on ACB right now. What you've done. Well, I think it's interesting that we could get a demo 
where the timer, I was wondering about putting some dots anywhere, like lock dots on that dial, maybe counting some of those little uh, areas. There are little areas on that dial. I don't know. I was thinking, or notches that come up, maybe there's a way to count them. Yep, he's he's figured it all out for us. So, um, all right. What he did was uh, he <clears throat> contacted contacted me over on Vorail, which is an app that's really interesting. It's another app that deals with voice communication. That was demoed on Main Menu last night. Yes, indeed. And it, Main Menu can be gotten as a podcast, and you can get it through ACB Link or any podcatcher, just like you can get this show on your ACB Link app or podcatcher, and ACB Link is being updated. Yay! Well, don't, we don't have to run any more promos. That's right. So there. Because <laughs> you did them Just all. I throw it all in. Yes, indeed. So Vorail is on there, and so this person contacted you? Yeah, and initially told me that he was really excited to find out that I had demonstrated it, and he went out and bought one. And uh, figured out a way to to do it. He said, I realized that you had a demonstration and it was a really good one, but there is a way that I figured out um, how to. And I thought, this is great. You know, because people working together doing stuff and. Excellent. Just just shows. I may wish, I may know that I didn't need to buy that other one, but now, you know, that's okay. Well, sure it is. Yeah, it's okay because, I mean, hey, have have a meal and cook a couple of different things. In, you know, a couple different air fryers. Have mm. you had them both going at the same time yet? Not yet. Not yet. But it'll happen. Ooh. It'll yeah. happen. Yeah. Uh, cooking this week, there wasn't much cooking-wise here at my household, in my mm. household. Not either. I don't think. We did some goulash that turned out really well. So maybe we'll do, like, some kind of a, a casserole show at some point where we talk about Sure. You know, casseroles and which are like goulashy things and It's your turn for a sound bite 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 bite. bite. <laughs> now it's time for sound bite. Bite 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 bite. <laughs> Today I'd like to talk to you about two different types of fruits, the banana and the pineapple. How many of you have tried to peel a banana? just to have the stem so tough that you end up wrecking the banana just to peel the darn thing. I heard of this trick and it works every time. From now on, try peeling your banana upside down. (laughs) No, I don't mean stand on your head. I mean flip the banana end for end. In other words, the stem goes toward the bottom and the bottom goes to the top. When you peel it that way, you're not dealing with that stem. You're dealing with the thinner part of the banana skin. For me, it works every time. How'd you like a sweeter tasting pineapple? I learned this trick from Jason Castanguay. You know that top of the pineapple that you don't ever use? Just grab it near the bottom, as tight to the pineapple as you can get, and unscrew it, just like you'd unscrew the lid of a jar, and that top will pop right off. Turn the pineapple upside down, preferably on a plate. In a few hours, all the juices will run toward the top of the pineapple, and it'll be the juiciest pineapple you ever ate. And that's today's soundbite. (laughs) 
have you cooked this week? Anything much of I don't worthy? I'm trying to remember. Um, I know that I cooked uh, some salmon and some baked potatoes, and I don't remember if that was this week or last week. Um, oh, I got to tell you a funny story. I got a message from Volrail, and uh, <laughs> the gentleman said, oh, he probably he's probably not a gentleman because he said this to me, but he said, um, about your last podcast with the salmon and uh, everything that went inside of it, which was the quinoa Sorry. and the uh, kale, he said, I have one thing to say, <laughs> and I was just waiting for it, and he said it. <laughs> oh yeah i did that stir fry salmon yeah that was really that was cool that was delicious was that good oh yeah oh yeah 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 but what oh last week's was the big breakfast yeah and oh, we oh, did yeah. talk right. about and that was when you talked about the, right. the quinoa yeah yeah that's right and we told everybody what to say on the count of three mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right and i'm still hearing about it oh i bet Hearing oh, yeah. about that and holy pasta and all that <laughs> stuff. Yep. Yeah, it's great. Good stuff. We are still going to do uh, barbecuing. Oh yeah, and, and Rick. And I mean, yeah, Rick still needs to get that to us, and Liu and Larry. Um, I still, I know I have another. I have cooked a, another meal in the pressure cooker that I still mm. have somewhere to edit. That roast beef. I have the. The thing about cheesecake I was going to do. Oh, and yeah, we got a lot of stuff coming up. Bishop huh? cake. <laughs> I'm going to make it. That is too funny. Bishop uh, cake. Bishop cake, yep. Very. Now, you told him about that, right? Oh, yeah. What do you uh, think about it? Oh, a lot. You know, it was laughter and uh, wow. How cool. Yeah, it's a cake I know Jeff would like. It's a vanilla cake. I mean, you know, it's just really, really good. I know a cake that Jeff would I like. I teased him, though. I told him it's dense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeff, I don't didn't really mean to laugh at that remark because I don't think that's at all funny. <laughs> oh well, <laughs> I did laugh when I said it. <laughs> when he laughed, yeah. I think we should try out a sauerkraut cake on him. Oh Lord, poor guy. Mm-hmm. Poor guy. You ever had one? No. Have you ever heard of one? No. Well, let me tell you what you would never. Do you know how they have cakes, like chocolate cakes with mayonnaise in them? Oh, yeah. I've had it, and I've made it. And yeah. they also have a Spam cake. Oh, you're kidding. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Now, that one I haven't heard of, but the sauerkraut cake is rich, delicious. Wow. Nice. It's a heavier chocolate cake, but it mm-hmm. is just absolutely delicious. All right. Well, hey, you know. Tell us about your Spam I've cake. I've never made it. I just watched the Spam Festival one time on the Food Network. And they had a spam cake. They have festivals for everything. There's an asparagus festival, a cornbread festival. Uh, you know, there are just all these festivals and all the different things that they make out of any one thing. So they did. They had a spam cake. Uh, I don't think so. I get more than enough spam in my email. I do too. I don't really want a spam cake. That's one time where I don't want to have my cake and eat it too. That's That doesn't <laughs> even sound... No. Appetizing. But sauerkraut cake doesn't, might not, you know, make everyone excited either, you know, on the surface. But if it tastes good, there's a tomato soup cake. Oh, I know. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had it, but, you know. You haven't had it? No. Do you you like spice cakes? Yeah. I've heard it's a lot like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then you'd like it. I'm sure I would. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm sure I would. And then, you know, there's that mock apple pie. Do you remember ever making that years ago? Uh-huh. And the the, um, the apples were made out of Ritz crackers. Yeah. That is so funny. Yeah. I've never yeah. had it, but I've... I've had it, and it's, you know, it's it's good. I mean, it you know, I think as a kid, I was like, oh, I don't really... Mm. But, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, those crackers, they kind of, you know, once they're moist... They get a little puffy, and then, you know, you they're buttery, and you can just put lots of spices on them. And I forgot what the crust is made out of. Maybe Ritz crackers. Probably apples. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Sue. Oh, so funny. <laughs> well, I guess that's about it. I can't think of anything more to enlighten the audience with, except look forward to that phone number changing next week yes all right because because it all works i've got the announcement ready all i have to do is figure out the email portion to get it to come to us and we'll be all set would you like to have cooking with the hazelnuts as a podcast you can subscribe manually the url is http colon slash slash acbradio.org slash hazelnuts.xml Thank you for listening. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Brian from the kitchen again. Tonight we are making pizza. Now, when I say making pizza, I'm not talking about doing everything from scratch. Neither am I talking about simply heating up a frozen pizza. I'm not beyond that. Don't get me wrong. But tonight what I'm going to do is I'm going to employ a new toy. It's called a pizza steel. This particular one is 16 inches across, 16 inches front to back. It has rounded corners. It's a quarter inch thick steel. And there are two one inch holes drilled through it in the front left and right corners, enough to act as finger holes. Now what I'm going to do is check my oven here to see where the oven racks are located because to do the style of pizza I'm going to do I need one rack just under the broiler and I need the other rack as far down as possible then I'm going to place my pizza steel in the oven and I'm going to put it on that bottom rack want to do it that way so let me turn it the other way when I said it was 16 by 16 I guess it's more like 14 by 16 so let's try this again on the rack slid all the way back and lined up with the front of the bottom most rack very good I just washed it now I'm going to begin heating up my oven and you may recall that my oven is a touch pad in the back. It's smooth, meaning there are no real buttons that click. But the areas that I'm to touch are smooth and the rest of the area is frosted. So I know this lower left-hand circle is bake. And that this other circle is start. I know that these two arrows are for up and down by five degrees. So I'm going to go up from the starting 
temperature of 350. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I'm at 400. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I'm at 450. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I'm at 500. So now I'm heating up my oven to 500 degrees, which is the appropriate temperature for the pizza we're about to make. Now, this pizza I'm going to make, I'm going to make two pizzas. They're supposed to bake for about 15, 1, 5 minutes each. And what I did was I bought frozen pizza dough at the supermarket. I defrosted it in the refrigerator overnight. Then this morning when I got up to get ready for work, I oiled a couple of medium-sized mixing bowls with just enough oil to coat them, put one pizza dough in each, then flipped it over so that they'd be oiled on both sides, and then covered them with, well, I always grew up calling it saran wrap, but that's a brand name. So it's clean wrap to keep it covered and, and not uh, allow something to touch it. And those sat on the stove just at room temperature throughout the day. So now I've got the stove heating up, or the oven rather. I've got my dough risen and in their respective bowls. I'm going to do some additional prep here. I want one of the two pizzas to have onions on it. So I've got a very large onion here on my cutting board. I'm going to cut off the stem end with a very sharp chef's knife, the most expensive knife in the house, ran me $150 for that knife. Toss that end away. My garbage can is in a cabinet just below my cutting board. Now I'm cutting off the root end of the onion. That goes into the trash. Then I cut it. I put one of those ends down so I had a flat surface. Then I'm drawing my knife through the onion, cutting it in half. Then I'm taking one of those halves and peeling off the outermost layer of this onion. And I will set that down on the counter while I do the same with the reverse side of the onion, the second half. Boy, that's squeaky, isn't it? So that comes off. Now, I do not need this much onion when I'm only going to be putting it on half or one of the, rather, two pizzas that I'm going to be making. So I'm going to take the smaller half, because who can ever cut something exactly in half, and grab a Ziploc bag here from the cupboard over the sink and toss this back in the refrigerator in the vegetable side. Our refrigerator has one side for vegetables in a bin and the other for fruits in a bin and you can control the temperature in each one of those two areas. Not to be the same, so that went in the vegetable side. I have a French door style refrigerator. Uh, both doors open to the refrigerator and then below it at knee height and lower is a freezer compartment with an ice maker in it. Okay, so I'm back to my cutting board and I'm going to cut up this onion, cutting it into slices to begin with. There, and then I'll turn it at right angles and then 
cut it the opposite direction, resulting in a medium dice of the onion. I get about halfway through before I tip the onion back over, the remaining onion, so that the curved side of the onion is away from me on the cutting board. And again, I'm slicing it left to right. And now that's all diced up. Now, I'm going to be using that knife again in a moment, so let me set it toward the back of my cutting board and use my bench scraper here to move this diced onion from the cutting board into a bowl. This whole process of cutting everything up before you get started, I guess there's a French term, um, I always get it wrong. If I pronounce it horribly and you're a French speaker, please forgive me. Uh, Maripois, something along those lines. But it basically means prep it before you do it. So I'm going to leave that over here near the stove on the counter there and free up some more of my countertop here. A little sweep to that area. It means I don't waste much. All right, second thing I'm going to, on my second pizza, I'm going to be using some kielbasa. So let me get my kitchen shears to open the plastic of this kielbasa. This isn't the fancy kind of kielbasa I would uh, prefer. I do have one of those down in the freezer, but I'm saving it for another purpose. This kielbasa is just your standard Hillshire Farm all-beef kielbasa. And it is a smoked kielbasa. Come on, package, open up. And it's one of those kielbasa rings, not quite a circle. Pull that out of its packaging. And again, toss that in. Now, I'm going to slice this, half of this anyway. I'm going to slice this into as thin a slices as I can, like you would pepperoni. And I will use it that way on one of the pizzas to see if I really need to use pepperoni for this or could use something like a kielbasa, because pepperoni is not inexpensive when you buy it by pre-sliced by the pound. In fact, uh, the package I'm going to be using for the pepperoni pizza is eight ounces of pepperoni. And the cost per pound was about $3, $3.30 in that range a pound. So it isn't inexpensive. And it was the store brand. I didn't, you know, try to go fancy in that direction. Again, this is the first time I've used this method for cooking pizza. So I wanted to make sure that I uh, didn't use expensive ingredients for an experiment. I already did that earlier, you may remember, with duck. And while that turned out well, you know, anything's possible here. So I'm, again, trying to slice this with this chef's knife as thin as I can. And each time I slice down, I'm drawing my knife across it and down. And then I'm slicing back because that bottom skin may not cut all the way through. Otherwise, then I need each slice to be totally separate of the other slice, of course. Now, I'm at the bend of the kielbasa, so I'm slowly turning it. So one edge of each of these slices will be a little thicker than the other. I don't think that's going to be a problem on the pizza, though. What do you think? 
And keep in mind, these kielbasas are already cooked through, so I'm not worried about whether or not that's going to be a problem. All right, so those are all sliced up now. And again, out comes that bench scraper. Over comes another bowl. And let's use that bench scraper to bring it off the cutting board and into the bowl, ready for use a little farther down the line, next to the onions that goes. All right, now I've got to, again, keeping with this idea of always putting it away when you're done with it, reach up here in the cupboard and grab another Ziploc bag, a one-quart one this time, to put that half a kielbasa in. Zip. I like the kind with the zipper tops to them. I'm going to open up. But I seem to have zipped it closed instead of opened. Let's try again here. Come on, you so-and-so. There we go. Okay, so it's open. And then goes the kielbasa. Back to the fridge. I get as much of the air out of that as I can. There we go. And now it's going into the bottom tray of the refrigerator, the meat tray, which is where we keep some cheeses, some meats, and tortillas down in that drawer. That keeps them at the right temperature. All right, so we move on now to the third thing I want to prep. I've got a slightly bigger bowl here that I can rest my um, box grater in because I'm going to use some Parmesan cheese. This is a wedge of cheese. This is not in the blue sprinkle can where it's pre-grated. I want to use real fresh parm. Whew, is that sharp smelling. But that's parm for you. And I'm just going to grate some. Uh, how much is some? I'm going to grate about a quarter cup or so of fresh Parmesan cheese here, which I will add to my pizza. It is not the only cheese I'm going to be using, but uh, this has a really nice cheesy, funky taste to it, like a good Parmesan does. And there, let's take a look. Yep, we have enough cheese grated now. So the box grater goes in the sink. And the Parmesan cheese goes back into, guess what? It's one quart Ziploc bag. Zip it almost shut. Force out as much air as I can. And this goes back in the cheese drawer. That thing with a little swing open lid on it on the door of the refrigerator. And that's done. So again, that will come over by the onions and the Parmesan. When my oven is heated enough, it's going to beep at me. Uh, so, let's keep going. Here I have one of two packages of pre-grated Italian cheese blend. Yes, this does have some Parmesan in it. Let's see if it's pre-cut so that I can pull it open that way. Nope, back to the kitchen shears we go. I guess that might be a sign that it's even better cheese than I thought it was. But this is supposed to have five different kinds of cheese in it, including mozzarella, parmigiano, reggiano, and uh, I don't know, some mild cheddar is in there, I'm sure. 
remember reading it in the grocery store, but haven't memorized what all five cheeses are. But it's Italian blood. It has no Italian seasoning in it. Don't want that. There. So I've opened the two packages of that that I'm going to use. Off, and then I will, because they come in those Ziploc kind of containers, I'm re-zipping them. And again, placing that prepped material over here with the bowls, although those are in bags. So far, so good. Now, back I go over here, put the kitchen shears back away, throw the plastic from those two Ziploc packages away. Then, kitchen shears, go back over into the cutting board, block rather, the knife block. See, so what else do I have over here that I need to deal with? Ah, a bottle of classic pizza sauce. This is one of those one-quart bottles. So inevitably, my hands are going to be a little slippery as I'm putting this all together, so I'm going to pre-open this. There we go. And just finger tight close that so I won't have a problem when the time comes. Set that over with the other prepared things. I'm not going to need my knife anymore. Everything is prepped at this point. Oh, how could I possibly forget the pepperoni? See if that's pre-cut. Yeah, listen. There we go. The zip off, off of that. Again, this is the pre-cut pepperoni. We're going to do one pizza that's strictly a classic pepperoni sauce, cheese, pepperoni, and then the second pizza, we're going to do onion kielbasa, as well as the cheese and pizza sauce, okay? So again, I made sure that that pepperoni was easily openable when the time comes to assemble those pizzas. All right, back to my knife, I'll wash here. Actually, since I've only cut kielbasa and onion with it, it's not like it's mucky or anything. Little squeeze of uh, dish soap. And rinse. Dry it off. And I have a new other toy in my kitchen. Specifically, I bought a knife bar. This is a magnetic bar that you can attach to the wall in your kitchen, and instead of putting knives in a block, you hang the knife magnetically from the bar. And I have so many knives in here that that's become necessary, but they're also big knives, and I use them and wash them immediately thereafter, so it's a good idea to uh, have something to hang them up so they stay dry. Now let me wash off my cutting board. I'm doing all of this while the oven is heating up, you understand. Yeah. Might as well use the time effectively. Off goes the cutting board, wipe it down. And because this is a really nice cutting board, I not only wipe it down with a uh, little bit of soap and water, depending on whether or not I'm using chicken or not. I have the raw meat side and the veg side, or cooked meats in this case, because we did do the kielbasa on there. But again, it's not subject to the same kind of bacteria when it's cooked 
as it is when it's raw. So the cutting board's clean and ready to go. I'm going to put you on pause for a moment and run downstairs to where I keep my pizza peel. Okay, now while the oven continues to heat, I'm going to saute my onions in a bit of olive oil with salt and pepper. I'm always concerned that onions or veg isn't going to fully cook in my pizza, so I tend to cook them off a little bit before they go in there. So I've got my smallest fry pan with a bit of olive oil in it, and in go the onions that we had previously chopped. Bowl in the sink. Reach back for my salt and pepper, which I keep on the back of the stove. Give a shake of the salt shaker in there. And then a few grinds of black pepper in there. And you can hear they're starting to sizzle. Let's reach back here for my smallest spoon to carefully stir those about. Again, this is one of those things where all the cookbooks say, cook until sweated or translucent. Well, translucent does nothing for me, so I cook them until they are softer than when they were raw. So again, I'm not going to make you Listen to five minutes of me sautéing onions. So let me put you on pause again for a moment. So there those onions are, five minutes into the cook. And brief stir. They feel nice and soft. I've been stirring them off and on. I'm going to turn off the burner, take the pan off the burner and replace one of the bowls with the pizza dough in it with that pan off to the side to let it cool and bring that bowl over here. Now, I was listening to music while this was going on using my Amazon Echo so let me stop it for a moment. Alexa, pause. There we go. So no music in the background because we don't allow music at ACB Radio Mainstream. So let me take the plastic wrap off of this first bowl of pizza dough. Oh, it smells yeasty, so that's a good sign. Throw away that away. I'm going to set this bowl in my sink here for a moment because I've run out of counter space because I brought up from my basement kitchen a pizza peel. It's got a 24 inch wooden handle fixed to a metal bracket attached to a, I would guess this is about a 14 inch circle of sheet metal, highly polished, and that's where we're going to build our pizza. I got out a little bit of cornmeal which I will scatter across the peel. We want the pizza to slide off when we go to put it in the oven. Now let me get that pizza dough out of the bowl. 
Again, when I put it in the bowl, I did it in a oiled bowl. So the pizza dough itself is sticky and very pliable, but it's got oil on the outside now. So that should make it possible to lay onto the pizza peel and stretch, just pulling it to the edges, as close to the edge as I can get, patting it as I do it, because it wants to retract once I do this. But it's actually doing quite well. I'm kind of pushing it back with the heel of my hand from the center, tapping and pulling out to the edges. all the way around at the edges. Not pulling back too badly this time. I like that. Alright, so that part is done. Next, I'm going to spoon onto it from that jar of pizza sauce with this spoon that I checked to see that it was the appropriate um, circumference for me to be able to put this spoon into it. Remember I told you that it was best that I open that jar earlier because my hands were going to be a little bit encumbered? Well, that proved, proved to be correct. What wasn't correct is the size of that spoon. It looked like it would fit and it would not. So I'm now going to have to use a large tablespoon to get into the mouth of that jar and spoon pizza sauce. What I'm going to do is I'm going to half pour it, I think. There we go. Pizza sauce on the handle of the peel. That's great, Brian. Got that onto there. So, I'm going to pour to the center of this about a third of this jar of pizza sauce. Totally by guesswork, you understand. Plop, 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 it says. Set that aside, and then use my fingers to spread this, as the recipe says, to about an inch from every edge, because you want to have that crusty edge to grip when you eat this pizza. So, that's not so easy to do as a blind guy, let me tell you. you got to do it by feel, right? This particular one said classic sauce. So... Uh, I'm assuming that that means all the regular spices of oregano and that kind of thing there. I would say that that's as evenly spread as a blind person can do. Rinse off my hands again. Reach for my towel, which I keep now on the counter because the other day I lost one in the oven. So, I'm now going to grab a bag of that Italian blend of cheese. Come back to my pizza here, reopen that Ziploc top, and I'm going to, again, kind of sprinkle pour it onto the pizza. Now does anybody out there really think you can put too much cheese on a pizza? I'm going round and round in circles. Now I'm kind of half feeding it with my fingertips to make sure that I don't have a big pile somewhere. Okay, so I've got that pretty thoroughly covered. It took about two-thirds of one of these bags to do that. Now I'm going to take 
half of that Parmesan cheese that I hand grated and I'm going to add that to this cheese on here to give it a little more punch than perhaps commercial cheese would normally do. There, that's spread across there. And now I'm going to reach for my pepperoni. I placed over here with everything else, there it is. Because this first pizza is going to be the classic pepperoni style pizza. Pull out a handful of sliced pepperoni. They don't want you to get that out of there too easy, do they? And now I'm going to, again, realizing that I'm doing all this by touch, not by sight, begin putting down rings of pepperoni around the circumference of the pizza. And again, I love pepperoni. So I'm being generous here. There's probably not going to be a space on the entire pizza, except for that inch edge that won't have pepperoni on it. Just keep going here. Boy, they slice that stuff thin, don't they? Round we go. We're about two-thirds of the way around now. Keep going, Brian. Keep going. The oven's ready for this lovely little masterpiece that you're creating. Okay, now I'm just going to kind of lay it out in the middle here, as much as all this touching does. And naturally, you know, to some degree it's grabbing a hold of the cheese and the sauce and stuff and sticking to my fingers. So uh, I'm glad you're not doing this as a video cast and as, as an audio thing. So there, I think I've pretty much covered it with pepperoni. One more wash of the hands. And back to the towel to dry. Now comes the fun part, ladies and gentlemen. Getting the pizza into the oven. It did beep during all of this. I heard that. So I did a test drive to begin with. I opened up my heated oven and with my empty pizza peel, I reached in and tapped around to see that I would know how to get it in there when the time came. So now I'm opening my oven to its full extent. Whew. Remember, that's preheated to 500 degrees. I'm picking up my pizza peel by its long handle with the pizza built on it. I'm taking a look to see whether or not that leading edge is going to come up when I give it a shake in there. I'm making sure that it is, I'm even going to give it a little extra opportunity by draping the far end a bit off so it will stick to the pizza peel, or to the pizza steel rather, when I put it in there. Okay, let's see if this works. Into the oven it goes. You hear that steel and a bit of sizzle. I've got this pan, pizza pan, or pizza peel, almost straight up and down now. Come off of there. And it's not working at all. I'm trying to scoot it off with my fingers, but it's going to be a total mess and disaster. In there, in the oven. 
So, I'm now going to turn back to the oven and see what I can do to even that out in there. I think it's going to be, like I said, a total disaster. So, I'm going to close the oven, turn on the fan, just in case something burns in the process, and I'm going to put you on pause while this next part takes place. We will have to find out how the pizza turned out when we continue with part two. We got a voicemail from Tom, and Tom is wondering if there's anyone out there who's done s'mores. You know, those graham cracker marshmallow treats? He does not have a backyard grill and wants to do them in the microwave. Tom, they do have a s'more maker that you can get from QVC. You just build your s'mores and put them on these little rack-like things, and I think they can hold about three or four, and put in the microwave for about 30 seconds, and you have s'mores. My suggestion is go on to QVC and if you know how to spell some more maker, be my guest. I hope they still have them. Do you have a cooking project or a favorite recipe that you would like to share with us? Do you have a demonstration that you would like to bring to us of your cooking? If you do, we would love to know about it and we will consider having your segment on our show. So use our contact information and let us know about you and what it is you would like to bring to us. I have a few moments to speak with you guys, so I thought what I would do is talk about my experience with building a pantry box from Amazon. I am a Prime member of Amazon. What that means is for around $100 per year, you get all kinds of benefits from being a Prime member. Music, videos, groceries, you get free shipping, you get things shipped to you in a couple of days. It's pretty amazing. I was getting low on cat food, so I wanted to buy some. I ended up buying a 16-pound bag and adding it to what's called the pantry box. What that is, is they will fill up a box for you and ship it for a flat $5 rate. As you add items to your list and this is very accessible by the way you can see what percentage of items will fill up your pantry box so here's what I did I added the 16 pound bag of cat food in the pantry box that took up about 30 percent then I started looking around for other food items so I added a can of mixed nuts a 54 ounce can and yes I still have some left after four days. I was hungry for some really good cereal, so I ended up adding about nine boxes of cereal. As I added items, I was looking at my pantry box on the list. This can be all done on your computer. I have not tried this with my iPhone yet. As I added items, my percent increased. You can add as few items or as many items as you want until you reach 100%. 
that means your box is totally full. My box ended up being around 70% full. My 16-pound bag of cat food, my can of mixed nuts, and yes, there were some hazelnuts in the nuts, and my nine boxes of cereal arrived in two days for a flat rate of $5. And I didn't have to raise a hand except to bring it into the house. That beats looking for a ride, trying to figure out a way to haul everything in a shopping cart. It just arrives. Pantry box from Amazon. Oh, by the way, you can have a Prime membership for around $10 monthly now instead of by the year. If you want to pay yearly, that's fine too. I think this is a really good way of getting items to your door. This is not meant to be an advertisement or an endorsement for Amazon. I just think it's really cool. Well, it's time to bring another Cooking with the Hazelnuts to a close once again. We'll be back next week. We will revisit the air fryer with a more accessible look at the temperature and timer controls. A new voicemail number, and I will continue working on my bird calls. Let's see. Is that about right, Debbie? Boy, what I won't do for you guys. Thanks for listening.